I'm not too bad, thank you very much. How are you? Wonderful, good, good. Are you ready to get some extreme in? Get some what in? What? Get some extreme in. Oh, extra. I thought mix what? Sorry? Yeah, of course. Absolutely always ready. Yeah, born ready. So, so as always, if you. We'll get the plugs in the way now. If you want to help us support the show, please. Patreon, search it up, rest 20 years ago. One solitary dollar to share your enthusiasm. And help us keep the lights on would be fucking lovely. So, got some headlines for me. I do indeed. Dudleyville is moving to Stamford. The Dudleys have signed contracts with the WWF, despite this month taking the tag team titles for the seventh time. The reports are saying that the Dudleys asked for just one dollar more on their current deals, but this did not happen. Paul Heyman tells the Torch that the Dudleys were willing to stay for the, with the ECW if they decided, desired even. Uh, Heyman says the Dudleys came to him and offered to stay for much less money than the Fed were offering. Heyman told them that it would be in their best interest to explore options elsewhere and never gave them a counter offer. According to sources, Heyman has recently grown tired of Bubba's on-screen camera, tirades and antics, and decided the best for everyone if the duo, duo left. Meanwhile, Heyman said that there's no hard feelings between him and the Dudleys, and Heyman will be released from his contract while Bubba hasn't signed a new deal, but was working on a handshake agreement. Taz is going fudging nowhere. So the ECW World Heavyweight Champion Taz has formally signed a contract with ECW last week. It has been in the works on a handshake agreement, as seems to be the norm around these parts, and apparently was open to negotiations with the feds recently. Taz testing the fed waters isn't a huge surprise as the money being offered. The fed had offered a downside guarantee to be around £200,000 a year. But, as always promised, the opportunity is to make substantially more. Taz instead has chose to stay with ECW for the same or less guaranteed money, but with fewer dates on the road. Taz has reportedly signed a three-year deal which will help ECW's TNN clearance and establish them in the eyes of the trade press as a legitimate big-time company. And Vanity reported Taz's deal was a three-year, seven-figure contract. And another wonderful CD is coming soon. So, some several major names in the hard rock industry have agreed to record a follow-up to the wonderful ECW Extreme Music with ECW CD Volume 2. The groups include Alice in Chains, Rob Zombie, Powerman 5000, Fear Factory, Static X, Slayer, Dope, Great White, System of a Down and One Minute Silence. There may be some additional tracks on the album from Crystal Method and Fatboy Slim and Rapper Turn Rocker Vanilla Ice. He's the only one I've heard of. 
Several acts may do live performances at ECW events, including Powerman 5000, whose lead singer is the brother of Rob Zombie, are scheduled to perform at an October show. So with that, we go into the TV for the month. Week 1's TV opens up with the Impact players jumping Jerry Lynn after the match and then caning him. Balls and Spike are out and say they will take any challenge as long as there are to the rules of the Extreme Deathmatch. Axel comes out to accept the challenge and brings his partner, New Jack. We get a fucking brutal hardcore deathmatch. Some of which include Spike hitting a mega acid drop on New Jack through Axel on a table off the crow's nest. Balls hitting a spine buster for a flaming table on Axel, and that's what gets the win. Post-match, New Jack and Axel celebrate and shake hands with the champs until they attack them. New Jack hits a chair dive through a table outside on Spike. We see Justin Kane and Devon as Lynn tries to make the save until Lance and Bubba attack. We then get a six-man tag of Jerry Lynn and the Impact Players versus RVD and the Dudleys. Justin wins after multiple Kane shots to Bubba Ray. Post-match, the Dudleys free D. Gertner. We then get a match between Tajiri and Guido. Tajiri wins with a Cloverleaf. After the match, they beat down Big Sal. Karina comes out, calls out Dreamer. Tommy then comes down and beats on Victory, Tajiri and Karino. Francine and Tommy put on Fugger Fours, that is, until Tajiri hits the Green Mist. Taz comes out to make the save. So, week one's TV, not massively eventful. Anything no, a lot of replays, obviously, from the pay-per-view, from what I saw. Obviously, I haven't watched the pay-per-view, I missed that. Um... I really, really like little Guido. I think he's, there's something about him. Um, he's improved. Yeah, I think he's months. obviously the only problem is, is like you can't really see him going anywhere else because of his size. Like he's a very small man, um, but technically I think he's very good. Um, uh, with the new Jack, uh, not really my sort of thing. Like I don't hate it, but. That's not what I like watching wrestling for. It has its place. I'll never say they shouldn't do it. I'll never say this. I'll never say that. But to me, I just always I don't like that sort of stuff. Like it's just one of those just keep hitting each other over the head. There's no skill involved in that. There's no. It's not good for storylines. I don't think it's. It should be the end, not the beginning of something. In a lot of ways, like because where do you go from there? Well, do you know what I mean? We, if we see that later in a month. Yeah, where, sure. Where we go. But I mean, it's one of those situations where it's just like, how much do you keep up in the ante? Are you are you literally going to say we're going to do a pay per view where we're going to kill somebody? Like literally, like, that is the selling point of the pay per view. We're going to fucking murder this dick on stage. Well, Gigi probably Allen, actually, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's a fucking hell silly fucking question. Really. That'll probably happen at some point in ECW. So going into week two, literally, this is the super highlight show of the month. We recap the end of last week's show and then we get the whole of the pay-per-view match between Jason and Jazz. We get a tag match between Simon Diamond and Super Crazy and Nova and Chris Che. Nova and Chris Che win after hitting the tidal wave. And then we get a recap of the Tajiri and Taz feud. And we end with Taz calling a cutting a promo saying that people say he went too far at the pay-per-view. And in Queens, he will finish the fight. 
So other than uh, the match, the tag match, not really a great deal that happened in week two. No, it was good to see Jazz. Uh, I've not seen much of her, and I really liked her. Um, I don't know if I like her more because I just can't stand that Jason cunt. Yeah, Jason, um, Jason is the best. I, like, I get the idea, like, when you're that much of a chud and you call yourself the sexiest man alive... That'd be like me calling myself the sexiest man alive. It's like, well, part of it is true, like not enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no jazz. I'd like to see more of. Obviously, she seems. I wouldn't say green. That's probably the wrong term. But she seems obviously a bit inexperienced. Uh, you can tell that like, even by simple things such as her ring gear is quite basic at the moment. Yeah. Like, um, because obviously they're still developing what she's going to become. I should imagine. Um, it was good to see. Um, Simon Diamond I will say Simon says please fuck off saying Simon says <laughs> yeah that shit was gonna get like if that is gonna be his gimmick going forward that is gonna be really fucking annoying after about three weeks um, so hopefully they don't overdo that as a catchphrase one off during a promo fine but if he keeps saying it every five fucking minutes I will kick his ass myself <laughs> I will hunt him down wherever he lives now and beat the piss out of him what was the other one? <laughs> that was about it. The only other thing we had was the recap of the Tajiri Taz feud. Yeah, always going to be good. I love Tajiri. He's one of my favourite wrestlers of all time, truth be told. Um, it's interesting to see where the transition was from him just being like clean shaven in his little blue pants yeah. into like his mega 90s pleather and beard. But as much as I hate stereotypes in wrestling I do love a mist spitting Asian yeah. like I can't help it be it Muta be it any of them and, yeah. and we all know green mist paralysing yeah but soon we see red mist red mist fucks you up <laughs> so going into week freeze TV we see Uganda who looks a hell of a lot like a knockoff Kamala just a touch like destroy a... the Spanish angel with a top rope splash we then get the breaking news to the nation the Dudleys have signed a deal for the Fed yeah like you wouldn't have seen that coming you wouldn't look at these two guys and think oh yeah they're they're well in Vince's wheelhouse yeah I mean they just just the look of them like they've got a great look but they do they have a great look for nationally syndicated television like they're a couple of lads I mean they're not in like Devon's in better shape than Bubba mm. but they're not in uh, you wouldn't class either of them as the typical fed body guy we're used to seeing um, obviously it doesn't really play in too much of a factor with the way they dress at the moment but like it's going to be interesting are they going to keep the Dudley name um, does that then if they've sold the Dudley name to the fed does that then cause problems with people like Spike Dudley mm. will they have to just rename him will he drop the Dudley name and just be called Little Spike um, yeah it'd be interesting to really see going forward and how they fit in especially given that Vince isn't huge on tag teams no um, obviously they've had a bit of a surge in popularity due to the like, New Age Outlaws and stuff last year mm. um, in 98 well you look at um, we'll obviously go on a bit more because obviously at the end of the show we'll discuss the, the Dudley's obviously legacy in ECW and where we think they're going in the Fed but obviously mm. if you look at the last couple of months in the Fed they've been pushing people like the Acolytes uh, the Hardys Edge and Christian mm. so maybe maybe Vince has finally realised that tag wrestling can be yeah there. make some money for him uh, yeah I mean I, I love tag team wrestling so I mean it's the problem is like 
it's one of those where it can become quite stale because you use the same tricks for heat you use, yeah. this, you use the hot tag every match like there's no there's very little variation in in the way you the matches are performed so I mean I, I, I kind of get half the argument but mm. then again you should still be able to do it in such a way where the crowd pops and they like oh, I'd pay good money to see a tag a good tag team match yeah. any day of the week so yeah I'd like to Vince can fuck off with regards to how he thinks about tag teams he's a cunt so, um, steroided up cunt <laughs> so what we get following this announcement <laughs> is we get highlights of a recent sh house show where the Dudleys were going against Spike and Bulls mm. we join in action where the first thing we see is Bubba powerbombing Bulls on a fucking bar top and just beating ten blades of shit out of them um, the match ends with Bubba powerbombing balls for a thumbtack table and then hitting the 3D on Spike to get the win and to become the champs for the seventh time. We then get a wonderful Dudley's promo, which you will hear now. In a promotion filled with misfits. In a promotion full of outcasts. You're looking at three brothers from Dudleyville, the biggest misfits and the biggest outcasts this world has ever seen. Goofy guys that wear glasses with tape and tie-dyed shirts. Goofy guys who did it their way. Yeah. We gave our notice. Everybody knows that the Dudley boys are on their way out. The question is, are we going to do the right thing by ECW and the right thing for the wrestling business? We're going to do what we want to do. The public enemy Pass the torch to the gangsters. The gangsters pass the torch to the eliminators. The eliminators pass the torch to Sabu and Van Damme. Me and Devon took the torch from everybody. Are we gonna do the right thing? No, we're not. We're doing what we want to do. We're not doing the job. I'm not putting anybody over. He ain't putting anybody over. We're the greatest tag team that ever stepped foot in an ECW ring. And we plan to keep it that way. And now, we're gonna do something we should have did a hell of a long time ago. We're taking these belts and we're getting on I-95 and we're heading north to the true city of hardcore wrestling, Stamford, Connecticut. I'm walking in that front door with my brothers by my side and these world tag team titles that belong to us. 
We're going to step in that elevator and press the number four. And it's going to take us straight to the top, to the office of the man that means everything in professional wrestling today, to the office of the man that's going to make the Dudley Boys millionaires and let us do whatever we please to the office of Vince McMahon, our hero and our savior. We're going to take these belts. We're going to lay them down at his feet and climb on to his altar and give him our souls. You people don't deserve to see the Dudley boys ever again. Me and Devon take great pleasure in taking the greatest tag team that ever lived and bringing it to greener pastures. We are the Dudley boys. And if you ever want to see an ECW World Tag Team title again, all you have to do is tune in to WWF Monday Night Raw on Monday nights. Now get the hell out of here! It's over! What you think I'm playing with you, boy? Get the hell out of here! Get the hell out of here! Right now! Dudley promo. So, obviously, Bubba there saying that they are the biggest misfits and goofy guys, and they're off, and they won't do the right thing, and they will climb to the altar of Vince McMahon. We then get Cyrus Virus with the Impact players, where Justin says that they are America's most wanted. We then see a match where Rhino absolutely fucking destroys Tom Marquez with probably one of the sickest pile drivers I think I've ever seen. That that was just hideous. Did you like that Tom Marquez's little D-Lo head shake as the cell for yes. the pile driver? It did make me sort of like laugh a little bit, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, I like that, that was good. We then see Jason asking Carino if he can take out Jazz. We get a little video package about RVD being the longest title holder in the history with 18 month long championship reign. We then get Steve Carino versus Jazz. Jazz wins with the face buster. And at the same time, Francine pins Jack Victory as Francine and Tommy Dreamer get involved during the match. Post-match, Tajiri appears and hits Red Mist on both girls and then attacks Tommy Dreamer. Mm. So by all means, they're dead, right? Yeah. Red, Red Mist yeah. instant death. Yeah, or he'd been going down on them and that was that time of the month. Like, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Either way, it's disgusting. So, we then get the debut edition of ECW on TNN. So, the very first image that we see is the Dudleys powerbombing bulls for a flaming table. Way to introduce yourself, lads. Start strong. <laughs> it tells you exactly what you're, what you're going to expect going forward. At the end of the day, you've got... The Fed, you've got WCW out there. Um, while both 
aren't as risque as ECW by any stretch of the imagination. Um, WCW is probably the more family-friendly product out of the three. Mm. Uh, the Fed is pushing that envelope a little bit, and ECW just pissed on the envelope and then threw it away. Um, so it's one of those where, like, it's just to grab pe- to grab people's attention early doors who may not be familiar with ECW. Could you think of a better starting image? No, no. And then what they then did, yeah, was show so far, in my opinion, the match of 1999, the match of the year so far. Jerry Lynn RVD from Hardcore Heaven. We get the full pay per view match. Mm-hmm. So if you want the full breakdown of it, go back to our May show. Um, RVD wins uh, with the five star frog splash. As a, this is our wrestling. Mm. Can you think of a better match to put on, especially as like a first thing, a twenty minute match of RVD Jerry Lynn to go? This is what we are about. So you've had that moment. The first image you see is the flaming table bump. Yeah. Then the next thing you get is a fucking. The, as I said, so far the match of the year. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to disagree. I think they've done a very clever thing with the fire table, and then showing a match that has won plaudits from all over the wrestling community. It's one of those situations where, if you need, there's three things you probably need to do if you're launching a new TV show. One is show why you're different. Yeah. Two is show why you're good, and three show that you have stars and the way they showed they had stars was by um, showing people like Taz beating guys that are currently now in the Fed and WCW in their little yeah. highlight packages so it mentioned Dean Malenko it mentioned Chris Benoit it mentioned Jericho it mentioned Steve Austin all these stars that have gone on to sort of bigger and better things in the two main, more mainstream companies so it was also like you may not know who these guys are now but you fucking will do yeah. soon. That and that, I thought that was a very clever way to launch to a wider audience than probably what they used to. I think it's very, very well done. Yeah, it's like obviously following the the RVD and Lid match, you then get the history of the ECW title. Yeah. Which again, saying Bam Bam Bigelow, have the whole thing. Steve Austin tried to win the title but couldn't. Yeah. Shane Douglas as a champion, showing the point where he threw the belt down. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously. It, it was very much a look at the people that we've had here this is this is where we've been this is what we were all about mm. and then they followed that up with a really fucking good world title match between Taz and Rhino um, Rhino so a little bit of a match on this so Rhino came in with a quick powerbomb Taz fuck that stand up Lariat mm. They brawl to the outside, Rhino hits them to the railings, and then back into the ring to head and arm Tazplex. More boots, and then a super head and arm Tazplex. More knees and clubs, Taz goes against the table, Rhino tries to punch his way out of it, but to no avail. Belly to back, head and arm Tazplex for a table, Taz mission win. Quick question, is Taz a really big fan of the 60s Batman? Because he puts his name in front of fucking everything. (laughs) Does he have a Taz cave? Does he have a Taz mobile? <laughs> I've not thought of that, but I fucking hope. Yeah, I'm just, I was thinking about this while I was watching it. It's like Tazplex, Taz mission. I was like, Taz cave, Taz belt. But no, yeah, no. I mean, it's obviously, yeah. I mean, to 
when did Rhino debut? Uh, it was last quite recent, month. last yeah. month. So obviously they want to push this guy quite hard from what you can see. They're yeah. kind of a monster rookie and all that sort of business. So it's very odd to me that they decided to use him so early against Taz rather than build up. I mean, obviously there's probably a reason for it and I may I have missed that because I didn't watch last month's TV. And well, the reason they did it against, obviously, uh, Rhino in a way mm. is because obviously the, the storyline is Taz is working his way through Carino's crew and obviously yeah. Rhino is one of Carino's boys. Mm. Um, but I but, think visually, yeah, because they're both Rhino's stocky fuckers. quite a big fucking lump, yeah, the him man's practically lobbing, a cube. Isn't yeah, him yeah. being lobbed about looks more visually impressive. Yeah, like I mean, but obviously they're doing the whole gimmick with Jack Victory's leg, aren't they? Yeah. Like, would that not have made more sense to have him potentially? Like, what is his role? Does he still wrestle, or is he just like no, a manager? He, I don't he, get he's why just he's there. there as, as a like, I got body. I got why he was in WCW in the eighties, but I don't get why he's in ECW in nineteen ninety nine. It's fucking beyond me, mate. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, but yeah, it's, um, so he's just there as like a sneaky bastard that comes out of the yeah. wheelchair occasionally and hits somebody with his crutch. Basically. Yeah, pretty much. That old, that old classic. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to see. Like, they are two good workers. You can't fault that. Um, obviously, with Taz, he is excellent at throwing people around. Um, it probably helps that he's shorter because he's got that lower centre of gravity, so he can really get some sort of oomph Snap from his one, throws. Yeah. And um, I mean, he looks legit. And Rhino, obviously, only been about a month. Um, really impressive debut I don't think you can fault what he's done so far uh, looks like he needs a bit of work but not much like it's one of those things where his singlet like obviously being red is not very intimidating maybe yeah sort I, I think of, maybe get him some better ring gear there speaking of shit singlets what the fuck does Steve Carino's look like it's terrible like he needs better ring gear I, I think that works for him though I think the the, the generic job shit. of 101 yeah yeah, it's very. A good look for did he debut year. quite recently as well? He's was... been about for the past sort of four or five months. He's yeah. been about for a while. Yeah, so was that just after I'd done the last podcast? Yeah. I should think. Yeah, so I mean, I'd be interested to see where he goes because he's one of those where I've not really seen a lot of. I've only seen that match with Jazz. Uh, but he's obviously quite good on the mic, and he strikes me as the kind of guy that just comes across as an insufferable twat. Yeah, he's so he's, he's going to really do well against the ECW yeah. crowd. They he's, are going to want to beat him to shit themselves. He, he has wind wind his way out of fucking everything. He's yeah, basically he never he, gets he is Jason. Yeah, but with but with um, skills and yeah charisma. With, yeah, with much yeah. more about him. Not a Poundland buff Bagwell. Like no. Jason. Calling someone, anyone, a Poundland buff Bagwell just goes to show how fucking truly awful they are. Thank God we didn't get a lot of fucking twatty boy McWhistle face this time, though. <laughs> so, following that, we get a package about the one person that, in theory, we're not going to see because he's barred from wrestling in the US, Sabu. Yeah, I didn't get that. Like, is he legitimately barred? Is that a legit thing, or is it just because no. he's not got a license because he's probably got Hep C or something? There is. There are a lot of states that won't let him wrestle in right. the states. So that's not the whole of the US. It's just. But at the same point, a a storyline at the moment is that he's the Impact players have managed to get him barred from mm. um, wrestling in the states. 
Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Exactly. Talking of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, we see Jason and the Impact players say that they will take over and take out RVD. Mm-hmm. We then get which, which the one thing that I think is probably the most genius moment of this show. We get a video montage of every single wrestler in this company hitting their finisher. Yeah, that was good as well. So if, again, it's one of those things where it's built you up to what to expect. So you know that basically if they hit this move, that is pretty much going to be the end of the match. So yeah. it, again, it's just doing that thing where you are just breeding a bit of familiarity because you're not going to get to see everybody in an hour-long show every week. So by catching a finisher like that, be it um, Bald Mahoney's Nutcracker Sweet, is it called? Yeah, yeah which is like brilliant. Like if you see that, you'll be like, "Whoa, fucking hell!" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're like, like just the impact of a lot of the finishes in there because they are—I wouldn't say reckless or dangerous, but it's a lot less safe than what you get in WCW and the Fed. Yeah. So that by proxy, the just finishes look a lot more fucking brutal. Yeah. Probably because they are. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, again, that works well. I think, and you know, again, it's just one of the—it's one of them little touches that just makes that would make me want to watch more. If yeah. I hadn't seen the product before, I'd be like, oh, what the fuck is this, mate? Do you know yeah, because I mean? this is the thing. As a... With being on... Quim. With <laughs> being on a brand new... Gusset. Yeah, carry on. You uh, can! <laughs> you can leave all this in. It's, it's fucking podcast magic, mate. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, as I was saying, with... Um, obviously a lot of new people that will just go oh there's wrestling on mm. I've not uh, I don't care what it is but wrestling's on because wrestling is the shit at the minute yeah yeah. people are just going to tune in and be like ah oh, I've not seen this guy before mm. yeah but I mean there's, there's always that problem where um, a lack of star power in wrestling can always be a bit of a problem because people are so used to WCW and the Fed and they almost trade wrestlers quite regularly. Yeah. Like one will go from one, one will go to the other. So 99 times out of 100, there's always a little bit of familiarity in there. Mm. And because you've got that superstar power already, debuting new people you haven't seen before makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, obviously, ECW doesn't really have that. Like when one of the only guys who's got a recognisable name is Jack Victory. Yeah. You're in a bit of fucking trouble there, aren't you? But like, it's one of those things where, again... They just don't well about it in the right way by the packages they put together, showing Dean Malenko, Benoit, all these guys who are now bigger stars elsewhere. But with the wrestling bubble being as big as it is at the moment, yeah, and magazine coverage that has been covering mm. ECW, yeah. If Johnny off the street, who only watches mm. Monday Night Raw, but gets the wrestling magazines, finds out ECW's on TV, he's seen pictures of RVD, he's seen pictures of Sabo, he's yeah. read about them. And obviously our ECW did have that little run, was it 97, in the Fed, yeah. where they'd done the little invasion story. Yeah. But I mean, that was two years ago, so I mean, that's a long time in wrestling. Six months is a long time in wrestling yeah. for people to forget who you are and what you've done. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a bit of name value there, but again, you're looking at hardcore even somebody who watches Raw you could consider a fan of wrestling yeah. but when you're trying to just pick up Mr and Mrs Casual then it's going to be a lot harder if you've got no name value on your show yeah I suppose hmm. 
when Especially Nitro, when when yeah. Nitro launched, they had the the joy of having Macho Man. And yeah, I mean, Hogan. Luger debuted on that show as well. Yeah, like first first um, first episode of Nitro, random enough in a shopping mall. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, obviously, you had Hogan. You had um, Boss Man. Boss Man. You had Blair. a few. You had a few bodies. Do you know what I mean? So there was some name value there. And again, it was in the south, so it already had they'd already had sort of uh, Saturday night and worldwide and everything at this point. So there was already a TV product in place that was either syndicated or national anyway. So I mean, it's one of those situations where Hogan's always going to add name value, regardless of how much he fucking stinks as a performer. Um, I say that if you actually take worker for what worker means, Hogan is one of the best workers of all time. He may not be one of the best in-ring workers of all time, no. but when you take him as a whole package, he is one of the best workers of all time. Uh, Randy Savage, equally so, but better in-ring. Uh, but it's just one of those situations where the name value was already there, which helped their product. So you can then add names and then people will get to know the other characters around it. So guys like... Brian Pillman, who weren't necessarily a known name compared to a lot of the Fed guys. Yeah. Like you'll then they'll then pick up Steam because they are associated with this company that Hogan's now in, that, that yeah. Savage is now in, that Luger's defected to. Where obviously, whether ECW will pick up some former Fed and WCW guys, well, it's hard to there say. Was, but there was rumours last month uh, they were looking at Vader because obviously Vader's now out of contract in the Fed. Yeah. Um. So obviously, I know for someone like us, we'd love to see Vader turn up and just start fucking absolutely walloping Ooh. the shit out of people. Yeah, I mean, but would, who would, would you put against him? Like, like, because Taz wouldn't work. Because, like, Taz can't pick Vader up and throw him around, so that completely kill Taz's gimmick. Though I'd quite like to see Vader slap the shit out of Taz. I'd love to see Vader Rhino. But again, well, the problem yeah. is Brian's you'll then highlight in the yeah. fact Rhino's not as big as he looks. Yeah, that'll highlight the height. Um, strange enough, I think Bulls Mahoney Vader would be fucking awesome. Yeah, because Bulls Mahoney's actually got a very good amateur background until he got kicked out for punching a referee in the face and banned for life. Look it up, everybody. That's a true story. Um, so yeah, it's one of those where I think Vader could fit but he comes with a whole mess of problems yeah which may like, put him off and put put Paulie off from hiring yeah. him potentially because obviously a few months ago we had Sid which was obviously a name yeah. value which mm. he literally needs to turn up powerbomb a couple of people chokeslam yeah. that was him done yeah but, but people, and then softball as, season started yeah, again then, and then he went to now he's in WCW yeah but with with someone like Sid, there's that name recognition and visual recognition that is what you need when launching it. Um, we'll come on to it a bit later with when we talk more in depth about the Dudleys, but I think it's the worst time to lose someone like the Dudleys. Yeah, potentially, you... because I mean they are they do stand out compared to a lot of what we have tag team wise in WCW and the Fed. Um, it is different. The style of matches they have is different. It's more of a brawling style. It's not. So I mean, but yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. Like they are a big part of ECW. So I mean, it is a loss. But in the same respect, 
the timing's probably if they're gonna go, the timing's probably better for them to go yeah. before they go national yeah. than if they'd if the TV had started three or four months previous. Yeah, then and then they go, then yeah. then you're losing your big star immediately, which cheapens your product. Yeah. So I mean, I think in a way, if they're gonna go, it's a blessing that yeah. they're going. The timing is what the timing is. But as I said, one of the things that I, I will love about this on the TNA show is the fact that they did show the RVD Lynn match to show the real wrestling thing. Because obviously, hardcore TV, as it is, is going to stay going anyway. Yeah. If you're going to have the extreme shit. So that's syndicated, shit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. If you're going to have the extreme shit, the proper, super violent, flaming tables, thumbtacks, mm. like the proper gruesome shit. You keep that on hardcore TV. That's where your hardcore audience is. Yeah. I think showing the proper wrestling side, which one match we'll go on about in week four's hardcore TV, which would have fit perfectly in this, something like Tajiri Super Crazy. Yeah, sure. You put in your Lance, your Lance and the just incredible matches. You know when you've got the proper wrestling and be what always we always did know about ECW is when they have the wrestling bit mm. they do the wrestling great yeah you well know, I mean it's think... that it's that old adage with wrestling isn't it it's like it's similar to movies like if you don't like slapstick you like violence if yeah. you don't like violence you like action yeah. if you don't like action you like romance if you don't like romance you like drama it's that thing where ECW is quite good in like I'm not a massive fan of all the real hardcore stuff I don't like seeing too much blood it's not it doesn't bother me but it's not what I my personal preference with professional wrestling um, but then again you'll have a match like Tajiri Super Crazy yeah which um, is right up my flagpole um, Chris is a flagpole sitter um, so yeah it's uh, it's one of those where it's like that was a good match. Like, there's not a lot you can say. They're two great workers. I don't fully get why Super Crazy's not been picked up for the Cruiserweights in WCW. Am I missing something there? I think because technically he's too big. Right. Okay. They're shoot going with weight. Right. Because so he's what like is the Cruiserweight? Oh, and is it two twenty five or yeah. two twenty? Is it? Yeah, two twenty would be yeah. if you're doing shoot cruiserweight. Um, to yeah, but sort of you got fucking in. Silver King as well, yeah. and he's a big old lump, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's about my size, that fucker. So we'll roll this into Week Four's TV. Cause obviously, we're going into the Taz Tajiri uh, Super Crazy match. Yeah. Um, so Week Four's TV starts with Taz fucking up Rhino and tells Jerry that he will beat him next. Yeah. We then get a promo which I was a bit lost on by the cultural reference, where Carino tells us about Carnaby Jones. And says that he's close to taking out Tommy and he will take Taz's belt. Let me get on my 56k modem as it's 1999 and that shit Barnaby up. Jones. Was it Barnaby? Carnaby. Carnaby Jones. What the fuck is that? And say so it's one of those, I think that's a, one for the American. Yeah, reference. like, um, obviously it was a very American product. Um, there's no such thing as Carnaby Jones. He's chatting shit. Well, there's a TV. There's Carnaby the... and Jones. They there's... seem to make shoes. <laughs> well, that's that's probably not what they're on about. But there we go. But we all know that he's going to try and take out. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer. Barnaby Jones. That's like an old man and a younger woman 
on a TV series where they're private eyes, private dicks. So, we leave that in, comedy goals. <laughs> we don't get what was a fucking awesome match. Tajiri, super crazy. Yeah, brilliant. Finish comes with Tajiri hitting the mist, a big kick, and then a fucking crisp brainbuster that mm. even Arn Anderson would look at and go, thank you very much. Yeah, it's hard to top that. Like, um, as you know, Arn Anderson is 100% my fucking boy. He's my favourite pro wrestler of all time. It's a joint tie between him and Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, I think the best interpretation of Arn Anderson I've ever heard is he looks like your dad's hard mate that works in a hardware store. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, that is genius. Um, Brain Buster's one of them moves that just looks so good when executed well because it's so hard to see that they're not dropped on their head mm. when the angle's are right bit with the camera, bit with the performers. And it's always just a thing of beauty and it looks like it fucking hurts, which is the best thing in wrestling. The thing with Tajiri is there's such a snap to it. Yeah. Being smaller guys, they can really sort of... Like, you're not going to get somebody the size of the big show up there, I guarantee that. No. Um, you're not going to get a Kevin Nash up in that sort of move. So, um, yeah, it's one of those. It just looks really good and not lumbering in the slightest because they are smaller guys. Perfect. Great match. Loved it. See, this is one of those where I would have... I would put that on the TNN show and just gone... There you go. This is what else we show as wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they're building up. Um, obviously, there's a little super crazy highlight package, wasn't there, on a TNN show? Got yeah. a little bit of his stuff. Um, so maybe they're going to build up to more with those two. Yeah. Because um, it seems to be, like the hardcore TV, um, obviously, I don't know how it works fully, but it seems to me as though that's more or less just their house show stuff. Well, originally, obviously, not, that was all yeah. it was going to be. Obviously, yeah. it was hardcore TV. And then they um, started filming more specific stuff yeah. for it. But So, yeah, I mean, like, it'd be interesting to see what they actually do with the TNN show in the regards of, will it follow the formula of, like, Nitro and Raw? As in, it'll be episodic. It'll have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Because, obviously, this one is very much a launch show. Yeah. So it's hard to see what the formula's going to be going forward. So we may just get, oh, a little bit of storyline here, match, a little bit of storyline, then a match, a little bit of storyline, yeah. then a match in their hour. Um, but obviously it's hard because this first episode isn't overly dissimilar to what we get with the hardcore TV in this presentation. No. I will say one thing, though. Styles, do not wear a stripy shirt. Yeah. You fucking idiot. Do you not know how TV cameras pick that shit up? Yes. Come on, Joey. You're better you, than that. You know better than that. Um, so, the final match of the month is for the World Tag Team titles. The Dudleys versus Spike and Balls. Finish comes when Balls pins Devon after hitting a nutcracker sweep to get the belts. But this match personifies the walking hardcore brawl. Mm. And... We have to take a moment for probably the moment of the match. And bless little Spike Dudley for taking this bump. Geezer's nuts. Bubba hits a fucking Bubba bomb off the side of the ring through two flaming tables. Yep, stacked on top of each other. Double stack flaming power bomb. Yep. 
You ain't doing that in the Fed voice. <laughs> mm, not yet. But Get we don't know where the Fed's heading, do we? Um, I, I don't think we yeah. ever sign off on a flaming table. Yeah, sure. I mean, it'd be hard to uh, see that going over with the sort of sponsorship they try to get in the Fed, when it? Um, yeah, I mean, the whole match, really. I mean, my issue is when you do a tag team brawl through the crowd, is it splits the crowd's the eyesight. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. Their attention's just gone. Because you'll have half watching um, Devon and Balls and half watching Spike and Bubba. So, I mean, this, obviously the big thing this yeah. one was obviously Spike and Bubba were at the ramp yeah and Devon and Balls were in the crowd yeah but it's one of those where when they're doing it you can see it when they cut to their hard cam yeah. you can see half the crowd are looking away from the, what's going on in the ring again yeah when it cut back to Bubba and Devon and I just think it's one of those things where it just looks a bit odd because yeah. like if you tuned in halfway through you'd be like what the fuck are they looking at do you know what I mean it's, yeah. like, it's just one of those where it's hard Obviously, with tag team star matches, it's hard to do crowd brawls. But when you separate and go to different sides of the arena, it's yeah. going to be even harder. Uh, it's hard to keep track of what's going on on telly. It's hard if you're a fan in the audience. So, I mean, I understand why they do it, because it does look fucking great. But it's one of those, again, where I think uh, there's probably workarounds to make it a bit better and a bit more coherent for people potentially yeah. um, I do like the ladder spot as well I thought it was very nice for the referee to hold it for Spike yeah. referees are meant to be uh, impartial. impartial yeah but that being said there was that point when the Dudleys tried to kick that off was with after him. though wasn't it yeah Yeah. maybe they kicked off with him because he held the ladder so continuity that's fine I've got no problem with that I withdraw my previous <laughs> statement uh, but yeah, no, it's a it's excellent. Like again, um, bit too much blood for me. Cheese grater stuff. You just a bit like raw. Makes you, it makes you wince, but it's meant to. The um, point where Bob is rubbing Spike's blood over his face. Yeah, that was just fucking grim, man. Like, yeah. fuck me. Like that ECW locker room. I shouldn't think them showers are very clean. You guarantee there's some Hep C on somewhere. But something. Yeah. Do you think with open cuts, mate? You're gonna get some fucking disease. Yes. Especially if fucking Tammy had been in there beforehand. Yeah. Oh, Sunny. Jesus Christ. Yeah, apparently she's not bad at the minute, but. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Them gems spread, mate. <laughs> Look at her, they're probably mutated. <laughs> fucking hell. So, yeah, that was uh, the TV for the month. Um, so, we'll go into. Which, as we said, is, is the only real talking point for the whole of the month. Um, and it's a sad day. The Dudleys off to the Fed. First things first. What are your thoughts of the Dudleys? Our our tag team of the year in the end of year awards and um, run in ECW as a whole. I've not seen a lot of it because I don't watch a lot of ECW to be brutally honest. But what I have seen, um. Bubba seems to get sexually aroused by almost trying to cause riots, yes. which I fucking loved. I thought it was like, you've got to have a big old set of balls on you to go to that ECW crowd and literally pick on people in, in the audience to the point where they want to fucking kill you. You have got to have a fucking set of big old brass balls on you. Yeah. Um, I think Devon's really underrated as I said last time I think he's a great worker and a great seller um, I'd like to see how they get on in the Fed 
Um, I'm optimistic, but Vince is also very much a flavour of the month kind of guy. He picks these guys up, never knows what to do with them, and he could completely fuck it up like he has done with people in the past. I mean, look at Vader, for example. Like he's completely fucked Vader up. Yeah. Alright, Vader came with his own set of problems, and he wasn't quite the Vader we knew from early to mid 90s WCW but he could have still been a, a major player for the Fed when he was you, there you also look at someone like Public Enemy when they turned up yeah but they were fucking hype. dog shit they were but they came in dog with all shit. their hype from, yeah. and then just got fucked up yeah but I mean they weren't very welcome because obviously they turned down the Fed for the WCW didn't they first time around so I think they'd, they had a target on their back and yeah but they're dog shit like they've not they've not really got half the skills that Bubba and Devon have because the difference I think is if you turn around and say to Bubba and Devon no have a straight 30 minute tag match they can do it yeah they can do it where the other two would look like fucking yeah they'd look like fucking rabbits in the headlights they'd be staring at you thinking what the fuck are you talking about mate we only know how to do forward rolls and put people through tables and sway our arms in the air like a couple of fucking morons yeah. I can't stand them. Glad they're dead. <laughs> they're not dead yet. They're still in WCW. Yeah, I'm wishing death on them. <laughs> so, I have to look at... With everything they've done, um, they have... They've revolutionised the tag team division in ECW for the walking brawl style. Yeah. Um, you look at their matches with the Gangsters, you look at their matches with the Eliminators... Mm. But the thing with the Dudleys has always been if it goes down to actual wrestling matches, mm. they can do that as well. Yeah, like they're, yeah. Not, they're not literally like the gangsters, where the gangsters only. No, the gangsters can only brawl and use weapons. Brawl. Yeah, yeah. Which you, works for them. But like, you know, there yeah. was matches with the Dudleys against the Eliminators where there was no weapons at all. Yeah. And they were fucking great tag team matches. Mm. Um, I, I think. Bubba for the past year or so has been the greatest heel in the company. He's improved a lot and he's lost a lot of weight as well, hasn't mm. he? Since when he's first, because he was a tubby yeah. fucker. Like I can't talk, but like he was a big old unit, wasn't he? And like he's trimmed down. Um, Devon's bulked up a little bit, uh, but I think the pair of them together. But I'd say it'll be just interesting to see how Vince um, handles them. Mm. how he promotes them if he makes any changes to their gimmick has he signed the performers or has he signed them as the Dudleys Yeah. Um, who's he going to put them against what's he going to do to help them get over are they going to be faces, are they going to be heels that would be really interesting to see their debut Like, um, who do you think would be a good feud for them I, I think for, if you're going to go to show them as big lads fucking shit up mm. I would give the, I would I don't know what obviously what they what the Fed are doing with the Dudley or the, the Hardys and with Edge and Christian, but I think those lads would be good fodder for them to show them being big, powerful. And I I think the battering. Hardys the Hardys definitely um, mainly due to the whole yin and yang thing, like they're very much polar opposites of each other. Yeah. You got these two tough as nails bastard brawlers. And you got these two younger, pretty guys who hit all these big, high-flying moves, yeah. and 
I, I will admit I want to see the Hoss fight between them and the Acolytes. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's to, maybe that something you can build to. Yeah. Obviously, you want to... The Acolytes are quite protected. They're made to look fucking hard as bastard fuck. Um, so it'd be one of those situations where do you build the Dudleys in the same way and eventually have them face off? Uh, I mean, you could do a small programme and potentially have them face off at Mania next year. Um, so it'd be one of them where if they're going to debut relatively quickly mm. um, on Raw or Smackdown um, Smackdown a thing? yeah Smackdown launches this month Smackdown launches this month um, so yeah like if they debut um, on the main roster immediately they're not sent down to like developmental like Ohio Valley or wherever it is at the moment um, as long as they're not that or they're just kept in dark matches for a few months to to learn the WWE style or WWE the Fed style Fed style then um, then yeah like obviously it's one of those situations where you strike while the iron's hot if they do have a bit of name value with some of the fans I, I think if you turn if you turn them up on a Raw or on one of the Smackdowns um, they come out mm. and Obviously, because the Fed are quite happy to use tables. Yeah. They come out and 3D someone for a table, or bubble bomb someone for a table. Not a flaming yeah. table or anything like that. But you use that as, as an impact and go... Because the people that will know, mm. will know, and they will pop for that shit. Sure, yeah. Um, the people that don't know, will mm. look at them as dangerous bastards because they've put someone for a table. Yeah, yeah. That... That's how I would do it. Hmm. The, the, my, as you brought up earlier, yeah, I was gonna say, is this not the worst time to lose two of your biggest stars? Yeah, just as you go live on bit on national TV. Yeah, but you put a good point there of at least they've gone now instead of two months down the line yeah. when they've built. When they've spent time, like obviously, as you said, Bubba was working on a handshake agreement, and. Uh, Dion was obviously on a slightly longer contract than Bubba. So I mean, it had been interesting as if they did stay. It had been interesting to see how they were used. Yeah. Um, because it would have been one of those things where, like, you don't know what's going on backstage, for example. So I mean, it might be that they sort of might have slowly phased those two out. Because obviously, been there's been a lot of Dudleys over the years. Spike being the newest. Yeah. Well, so maybe one would they remember more with Dudleys? Yeah, dancers with Dudley. <laughs> Um, so it would have been one of those situations where would more Dudleys come in yeah. will they come in now do, do ECW still have the Dudley brand name like will they be called the Doodleys and fucking the Fed, the fed? Knows, yeah. will they be coming out in surfer gear on skateboards like a weird cross between the, the Dudley boys dudes. and the dynamic dudes I'd fucking pay money to see that actually <laughs> hit me up Vince I need a fucking job Um so yeah it's just one of those situations where it'd be really interesting to see if they get to keep their gimmick um, or whether Vince does his usual thing of having to fucking interfere with it because he didn't create it and make yeah. it what it is uh, so yeah it'd be very interesting to see how they get on I think the Hardys would be an ideal feud because uh, you've got these two younger lads who can bump like crazy make Bubba and Devon look like absolute fucking monsters and killers which will work really well Yeah. Uh, Edge and Christian yeah I can see it. Um, yeah, it's because the, the yeah. they'll bump for uh, New Age Outlaws that could potentially put those back together. That could be something, maybe. But like, I think people are getting tired of New Age Outlaws at this well, point. Well, obviously, at the minute, you've got 
Billy Gunn, King of the Ring. Yeah. Failure. Yeah. <sighs> Bless him. Bless him. I don't think the whole feud with The Rock helped where they basically made Billy Gunn look like a fucking idiot. That's not how you push people, is it? No. Like, fuck me, come on. But if so, Which yeah. you can hear more of that on Volume 1 for SummerSlam. Yeah, enjoy. Um, but it, it's one of those, if I look at it and go, with, with the Dudleys, obviously they're not going to be able to be as Dudleys as they have been the last six no. months. No. Bubba is not going to be allowed to say the shit that he has. That well, he no, wants. I'm sure he's not going to tell women that they're too busy teaching their daughters to suck dick at a WWE Raw. Sorry, WWF Raw. No. Yeah, I can't see that happening. Dog match, maybe. Um, he probably, probably Vince probably got Bubba to yell that at Linda about <laughs> Steph as part of his audition, while Vince masturbated furiously in the corner. Can we spread that as truth, people, please? <laughs> You're going to have to cut out half my shit on this podcast, aren't you? It's all staying in. Fucking hell. <laughs> I can't wait to get the tweet going, yeah, I don't think you should do this again. But yeah, um, the, it's the thing, I've, I personally can see the W doing well in Fed. I think, it's it's 50, 50, I think it's 50 it's 50 I think it's 50 50 for me I think uh, I think it it could go either way um, it depends what Vince feels on the day I think the guy changes his mind with fucking performers and their pushes more than he changes his fucking stocks or his needles for his fucking roids um, so yeah I mean it's difficult like uh, it's difficult to say either way um, but I think after be a bit of tell by main if they do debut quick I think by mania we'll know where they what their place is going to be um, but yeah be interesting to see um, and who's to say he's going to keep them together that long as a tag team because he does have a history of liking to break tag teams up after a year or two and have them feud doesn't he True. so that'd be interesting to see if that goes that way but like who would be the face who would be the heel in that dynamic it'd be fucking weird Oh, can you imagine if he ever made reverent like a, like a Devon like a fucking vicar? Oh, Jesus, that'd be shit, wouldn't it? Just, I, know, I know he does Thou Shall Not Kill. And yeah, does, 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 fact, that's just stuck too far, though, isn't it? Maybe yeah. like a religious like gimmick out of it. What a fucking dick move that'd be. <laughs> no. What a cock. So, we are looking forward to finding out what the Dudleys do going forward um, and see what the the uh, tag team division looks like in ECW going forward as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got Balls and Spike on the top there. Um, buh, 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 buh. Obviously you got, got the Impact players, I suppose. Excellent New Jack. Um, the FBI. Yeah, the FBI. I mean, I'm sure you could put some other teams together. I mean, in a way, you could do Carino and Rhino, possibly. Yeah. With Rhino got... doing the bulk of the work and Carino just tagging in for the pin yeah that'd got, be quite interesting to see you've got Chetty and Nova so there is there is you know yeah you've got about. you've got you've got and obviously Doring and Roadkill who are yeah. fucking amazing and uh, can I just go on record and say uh, Miss Congeniality hello yes yes we yeah. I, I may have mentioned that last month when she turned up hello so that will bring to a close another issue of Wrestling 20 years ago. 
Obviously, Volume 1 is SummerSlam. Volume 2 is uh, the WCW pay-per-view. I can't even remember which one it is. And we're a big steaming Volume 3. Yeah. Uh, So, it takes the time for me to thank Mr. Yolly. Yeah, this is probably the last time you'll hear my voice after this uh, effort. Oh, no, you're coming back on. (laughs) (laughs) We've got uh, Superstars of Wrestling to do soon. The the, uh, fuck is that? Jake the Snake in his oh, 20 play 21. Oh mate, I'm 100% on that. <laughs> so, um, as always, if you have enjoyed, please rate, review, share. As we said earlier, Patreon, $1 to share your joy of the show and help keep the lights on. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar.